What's up, coffee friends? Happy Friday. Matt, why are you releasing a podcast episode on a Friday? I thought you did that on Mondays. Well, you know what? You're right, except for one exception. Once a month when we release our highlight roasts, what we like to do is we also release the exclusive podcast interview with last month's featured roaster to give you an idea of the kind of content that you get when you purchase a highlight roast. Uh, It's not just a bag of coffee. It is a community. It is a wealth of information for you. It's at your disposal. It's at your fingertips if you want it. Um, If it's intimidating to you, then you don't have to, you don't have to look at all of it. You know, that's what the postcard is for. The postcard is a consumable little informational card that comes with your bag of coffee in the mail that gives you kind of an overview of what it is you're drinking and why it's special. If you want to know more, there is a QR code on the postcard that you can scan with your smartphone and it'll take you to a blog post on our website where all of the information that you could ever want to know about the coffee that we've gathered for you uh, can be found. And you can also find this exclusive unreleased podcast interview. So you get to listen to the interview well before the public does. That being said, when the next highlight roast becomes available, the previous interview goes on to our podcast here. So not only is it Friday, hooray, but it's a Friday where a highlight roast becomes available. And that's where I transition to today's sponsor, which is us. Today's episode is sponsored by the Upstate Coffee Collective. Why, you ask? Because as of today, Highlight Roast number four is available on our website. There are only 50 bags available at this time, and they go fast. This month's Highlight Roast is a blend called the Endless Summer Blend by Constellation Coffee Roasters out of Mechanicville, New York. Their owner, Mark Gramatico, is a father, a husband, an aspiring restaurateur, a lover of craft beverages, a man of science. He has a meteorology background, and he works in renewable energy as his full-time job. Constellation Coffee Roasters are a micro-roastery, much like a micro-brewery. The lesser-known micro-roasteries often operate in the same capacity, small quantities, local family and friends, close-knit communities, lots of experimentation, and lots of passion. I highly recommend you pick one up today, and please feel free to use discount code CONSTELLATION10 to get 10% off at checkout. Head to UpstateCoffeeCollective.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this exclusive podcast interview with Highlight Roast number three, Nick Fernia of Knockabout Roasters. It's a fun one. Have a great Friday, and enjoy your weekend, folks. Wow, you did it. Here we are. Welcome to an exclusive episode of the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. This is an unreleased episode of an interview with the roaster that roasted your coffee that you have right now in your hands. Thanks for scanning that sweet QR code and wanting to nerd out with us a little bit. Um, This is going to be a lot of fun. This is about an hour of just three buddies hanging out, talking about coffee. Nick Fernie is one of our good friends, Um, and I think you're really going to enjoy his fresh perspective. He's a young kid. He's 20. He's not even 21 years old yet, people. Um, He decided at 17 years old that college was not the path for him. He had a love for coffee. He had a love for business, entrepreneurship. He wanted to make something of himself, and so... He used what was ostensibly 
his college fund with the help of his dad and the support really of both his father and his mother to start a business. Um, and he started by opening Nomad Coffee and Crepes, which is a little cafe uh, in downtown Boston Spa, New York. And he just recently crowdfunded a roastery, um, which is like still in production. I mean, he's still like putting up drywall around the roaster in his roastery in Galway, New York, um, called, did I say this already? Knockabout Roasters? I think, it, I think I did. Thank you so much for purchasing a highlight roast. Um, you don't know how much it means to me and to Kevin. And honestly, the best thing that you can do for yourself right now if you want to know more about coffee is ask questions and find resources. And we're here to be a resource for you. So the postcard that comes with your coffee gives you a high level look of what is going on with the coffee, why it's special and why you should care. Um, and then if you care, you can scan that sweet QR code and here you are. Um, we're going to get into the nitty gritty a little bit. We're going to talk about Nick's history and then we're going to go into the roasting process and, um, the cup and how we feel about the cup. So please enjoy a couple of quick notes. Um, number one, this is just on the technical side. Uh, you might hear some like some rumbling and, and, and like weird mic noises. Um, that's because the three of us were here together in my podcast studio. Um, and Nick was kind of fidgeting a little bit with the microphone. Um, I plan to put mics, you know, kind of on stands at some point but for now you know we're holding them by hand it's a little more casual but anyways he was fidgeting with it a little bit so you can kind of hear him you know moving around with it every once in a while try to cut it out where I did um so uh apologies for that number two this is more on the fun side you might notice you will definitely notice um I'm actually bleeping out a word every now and again and it's funny it's like an inside joke to us right now um, that's a shout out to Nick Rovazzini because he found out that I was calling this coffee a juice bomb and he does not like that word. He wants to cancel the word juice bomb. So it became a bit. We thought it was so funny that we decided to purposefully use the word juice bomb and then censor it out. So now you're in on the joke. Laugh with us. It's hilarious. This coffee is delicious and it's kind of juicy. So enjoy that. We love you. Thanks for tuning in. And Sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Nick Fernia of Knockabout Roasters. That's why I've been more into content creation and more like figuring out how I can. Oh, you don't say. Maker, as we sit here with this podcast, yeah, no, that, that's the fucking, that, that's the point. And yeah, we're but my my point was okay. I've been listening. I listened to like two Gary V podcasts yes. and uh, like one. I like watched a video online or something. And now I'm getting ebook recommendations. You know, buy my ebook for you know like Gary no 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 oh. just like random you know entrepreneurs like oh, like I'm, yeah like the improvement the business improvement model, which are like garbage. The, oh a lot God, of them yeah. are fucking garbage. Yeah. A lot of them say the same thing too. And yeah. a lot of them are like, rid your life of clutter and like focus on what's important to you. <laughs> and I'm just like, 
you should be doing this anyway. Right. Like, yeah, for real. I'm pretty sure that's a journal entry I, from me I at like, like 16. Like, legit, get rid of clutter. Yeah. <laughs> Literally and metaphysically. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I feel like it's normal to have an internal voice yeah, that yeah, will yeah. tell you to do the right thing. Yeah, for sure. Like, to get your shit together. 100%. Speaking of getting your shit together... You've made some great coffee here. Yeah. <laughs> you, wanna, you really real. got your shit together yeah. on this coffee. Hold this together, man. This yeah. coffee's killer. Let's get our shit together. I, I kind of want more, but I don't want to be the first one to, to uh, get it. Dude, there's oh, more first, right here. First of all, finish off. You're going to get topped off. Finish off the Chemex, and finish then off. we'll... Ha- yeah. Okay. I think so, right? Or is it going to be... Oh, well, I, mean, I won't say no. Here. I'm a little bit jelly. I'm not going to lie. You can have the last right, sip. You. I get the, the last triple. This is the last one. <laughs> this is the last one. The aces. Look them up. They're great. All right. All right. Nick, Nick Fernia. Whoa. <laughs> Yo, that's sick. Uh, I We didn't peak either. So my, <laughs> my, my pre-roll was. No, you were close. So you were definitely good. close. We didn't even look at each other when we said that. We looked at each other as we finished it. Nick Fernia. You guys right. are vibing. We're Wait, vibing. Oh. Right, <laughs> we didn't even hotbox our car before we got here. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> You guys are just, I think you guys are just feeling the energy. You're feeding off of it. Oh, I'm feeding it, but yeah, I'm feeding off it big time. <laughs> there might be a little caffeine involved. All right. Here we go. Nick Fernia, brand new roastery, under construction. He's still vamping up the space. Go. Yeah, that was great. Nick Fernia, Knockabout Roasters. Who are you? How are you? And what do you do? Uh, I feel like I'm still a kid, but I'm turning 21 uh, That next is month. still a kid. Yeah. yeah. Well... In a lot of ways, I feel like a lot of people look at me that way. But I own Nomad Coffee and Crepes in Boston Spa. And uh, we just opened up our coffee roasting program uh, called Knockabout. So, uh, the, yes. yeah, the reason why I didn't want to call it Nomad is just because I started Nomad originally when I was like 17. And I was just selling coffee at my high school that I would batch brew as like cold brew mm-hmm. i do like 10 gallons every week and um there's this hvcc extension in malta called TechSmart. are you familiar i'm, I'm not. not okay Again. it's share oh jinx guys yeah seriously um well anyway the hvcc extension um it's like shared with other schools like saratoga burnt hill shen mm-hmm. um and it's like a sp- I guess it's like a tech trade school. Okay. I had a couple friends that were going there. So mm. I was basically having them distribute my my product to these other kids going to the other schools. So it was like almost a hub. And I was selling my cold brew every morning in the cafeteria. So I would have these guys sell stuff at TechSmart. Yep. And then I would sell stuff in the cafeteria. And it was crazy because I was experimenting a lot at the time. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to hear this on the on the podcast. But like I was experimenting heavy at the time uh, with all sorts of coffee. I mean, I was doing some like cold brew lattes. And looking back, I was like, man, I should not have messed with milk. Right, slippery slope. It is, but I, for the most part, my sales were cold brew, and it was steady. Like, I picked up uh, two angel investors that year because I wrote my first business plan, and I I did my first pitch. And you like, were how old? Like eighteen at this point? Seventeen. You were still seventeen. I, I hadn't graduated yet. Like, I had to show, like, I had to show my parents and these people that were giving me this opportunity, like. 
I don't need college. Like it's 100%. obviously something I don't want to do. I'd much rather be doing this thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I always knew in the back of my mind, like I don't just want to operate a coffee shop and provide a space for people. Mm-hmm. I want to see it through from like from one end of the supply chain all the way to another. You know, I want to get as close as I can. Yeah. I I got to ask, have you looked at that business plan recently no, have you I looked totally back at should. it no I yeah totally should that was such a scary pitch for me at yeah. the time oh yeah you're probably so nervous yeah i wrote a menu like i i wrote a menu and i had to make items off of that menu mm. in front of these two people wow every single every single coffee beverage all the brew me- uh, off of all the brew methods that we were going to be doing and then the food it's crazy like i i think that your story needs to be told and it's been told a number of times you've ended up in you know in certain local magazines and newspapers i believe I've yeah the seen 518 you, focus or that local like fo- or, yeah, yeah that, that thing yeah um and that's that's a great start but i think your your story and your story is still in development like like all of ours is um but i think that it's a testament to how we're i think starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel that was the um, generation of parents that said, "Go to school, go to college, get yeah. a degree, interview for a job, and hope your manager doesn't fire you." And yeah, that, I mean, and and stay away from drugs. And stay away from <laughs> drugs. Yeah. <laughs> well, by the way, when you when you Great said note, parents, yeah, when when you said that at that time you were experimenting heavily, you like paused, and I'm like, "Are we going into yeah? Like, are we talking about drugs already? No, 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 <laughs> I was no. Hoping we, no, but um, so." The interesting thing about your story is that you started off so young and you, a lot of people question themselves at even, even my age, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll I'll be 28 next month or two months from now. Um, and, and so 10 years younger, I mean, I, I feel like I was a completely different person. I feel like I, I have learned so much since then. And I definitely did not have the self-confidence in myself that I have today to start a business. Yeah. Uh, there Was there self-doubt or were you, would you just kind of pushed all that kind of in the back of your brain? were like, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it. I just didn't see myself going to school for X amount of time because, I mean, my interests were mostly academic. Right. Like, I was just in a weird niche shit. Like I wanted to study Russian literature and like what schools around here have Russian lit, you know, like yeah. and w- what kind of job would that get me? It was, I mean, that's just as uncertain as starting a business. I thought like even from a, an early age, I just always found uh, Russian fiction and film so like morally informative and real. It's, yeah. Are you talking yeah. about like Tolstoy, Dostoevsky? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. When I read The Death of Ivan Ilyich, I felt like I was dying. I felt like a piece of me was dying. Oh, my God. I am not familiar with Russian literature at all. I am familiar well, enough to have this conversation. You're probably, you're probably familiar with stories like Anna Karenina. Yeah. Uh, like That was adapted into a couple movies okay. in English. It's, it, Anna Karenina actually... like established a new motif for romance stories uh, the love triangle yeah. the love uh, triangle, the love oh, triangle. Man. That, it, that was like really classic in in Anna Karnina and it kind of has played itself out in western film yeah um 
Hold on. Though. We've all been I, there. Let's let's bring this back to coffee real quick, because one, <laughs> I want to point out Matt didn't even notice that he made a dad joke. He said that your story was still in development, <laughs> which is great. That's a roasting. Term. Ooh, <laughs> Second, uh, secondly, <laughs> well, I don't even think people are going to. Well, I guess that's the some dad joke. Yeah, some people will get that. It's now a dad joke because you just explained it. <laughs> Yeah, it but I loved head. it. My head. I loved that. Oh, I caught it. Anyway, um, let's I, get. We, I wanted to delve into. So, like, here you are. You've, you know, you're you're the chemist on campus for coffee in school. Yeah. You get angel investors, and your parents are interested in investing. You actually have to job pitch. You have to pitch the job that you want to the people who can literally just yeah, fund it. Yeah, and it wasn't even that much money. Like, I got more money off of this payroll protection loan from the government. Whoa! Then I got in seed capital in the first place. That's, That's awesome. Nuts. That was like the the stipend that I got from those two guys was basically just enough for um for us to rent the space while we were building it because oh. it was such a it was such a shithole when we got there. Like I, we put okay. so much elbow grease into that place. I spent an entire summer on the floor alone, just planing boards, and then we had to poly everything epoxy everything you can totally tell too yeah it took time me and my dad built that bar Mm -hmm. in there um but i was working for a year maybe even a little bit over that and troy i was working um as a barista at regeneron pharmaceuticals and then i was working um as a barista on campus at hvcc in the student center in the library that's such so a miserable, such a miserable I'm job. Totally understand. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta say though, really interesting that you planted your. You could have planted yourself in any cafe, anywhere in the. Upstate they were willing region. to give me responsibilities off of the bat that would have really, I guess, paved the way for the responsibilities I would have. You know, opening. As an owner. Yeah, because yeah. I I had my own little, I had my own little counter that I would run Mm -hmm. every day. I wasn't working with anybody else. I had all of those, uh, all those responsibilities at that counter. So like opening set up, making sure everything's in order, making sure you're stocked for the day. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, I liked that a lot, but it was miserable. It was like, uh, it was like playing kids parties, basically. Like everybody wanted, uh, their, their Tarani, their Tarani and their caramel lattes. I was hesitant to bring that up, but I was going to go, was this one of those and they were college th- cafes yeah. sponsored by Tarani? And it was it was terrible coffee, and the drinks were like $5. Ooh. Like, if you go to Nomad, our coffee, uh, it's $5 tops, and it's just like, it's a cold brew. Like, and it's some of the, that we spend the time best coffee on. I've had in the region. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. But awesome. like, for a... Just small coffee loaded with syrup, you'll pay five dollars. And well, these people well, are perfectly college. fine doing. It. Yeah, but it's so sad because like these kids don't have money anyway. They no. just want a coffee. Yep. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think was one of, if not the most, like formative educational experience you got in the coffee industry? I definitely went in with false confidence when I first started roasting, okay. but um, finding people that were doing it, I reached out to to Matt from Boyacana. touchy coffee yeah 
um, a couple times just to find, you know, resources. And mm. um, Steve Pavanka from Brutus Coffee, he was training me. Yeah, he like, was like your roasting mentor, right? Yeah, I, I call him my mentor. I, I, I don't know if he knows that I call him my mentor. I'm but sure he would be like, I'm sure he would be thrilled to hear that. Yeah, for real. People need more mentors in this life. He's we, such we a, a silent, he's such a silent member of the community. Like he doesn't, I wish he would come out to events and stuff because he's really doing amazing things. He just opened up his new cafe on Madison through yeah. through this whole COVID thing. Right. That's crazy. You know, where, where is he by the way? Um, he's where Tierra Delmar. Farms was. Delmar. Well, oh, I was talking about the Madison oh, cafe. Okay. That's where Tierra yeah. Farms was. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what's it right I'm, next to I'm the lost. theater? Albany. Albany. Okay, cool. Albany, yeah, right yeah, by yeah. Madison theater. Yeah. yeah, yeah and okay, then he's funny. roasting in Delmar. So I was, um, I was training with him at that location before I had my roaster. Um, I was roasting at Wired. Yep. And I was trying to get Marty to to install probes in right. his machine. So you could look at curves. So I could see the curves, right. yeah, because everything was being done in a notebook. But, like, for me, I'm doing small batches. I'm doing mm. probably 10 bags worth of coffee at a time per batch like i'm mm. i'm spending hours in there every right. single every roast usually, after roast usually every other night you know some roasters will have two roast days per week mm -hmm. but it's looking more like three or four one that's me. great but it's practice you know and i yeah. love i love sort of falling into that procedure or that procedural um sort of mindset of like okay between batches i'm going to keep this stable at this temperature right. for this long and then i'm going to prepare the other batch in the meantime and it's just like I, it provides for me as somebody with add having rules mm. in order to get the results that i want um it's good for me. Yeah, I exhibit some symptoms too. I yeah. feel like my mind's constantly going, make having great ideas and wanting to remember them. So I write them down. So I've got whiteboards, I've got notes, I've got Evernote, you know, I've got mm -hmm. tasks that, you know, uh, Todoist is an app I used. And and it's almost it's it almost makes it more complicated. Right. But I, I wanted to touch on the fact that it, it sounds like like there's a perception of a coffee entrepreneur and then there's the reality. And I think even from my perspective as somebody who like, you know, still does, but at one point dreamt about a, being a coffee entrepreneur and, and picturing what it would be like, you, you imagine that the number one, you're rolling in money, which it no. doesn't happen in coffee very often at nope. all. But number two, like at the very least, when you own something, when you're an entrepreneur, like you're the boss. You must be you're, you. You don't. You would never equate that in any way to an hourly employee. But if you were to take how much effort, how much time we spend on whatever craft it is, like for you, your nights after nights, roasting small it's batches, hot. fucking labeling, like printing your own labels, getting the bag, printing, cutting. Think about the amount of money you make every year. Divide that up by how many hours you work. I mean, you're yeah. probably making less than minimum wage, oh, right? Oh, yeah, totally. It's crazy. Yeah, but, like, what else would I be doing? You love it. Yeah, honestly, I have no idea what else I would be doing. I wait every day to get out of work so I can do this this job because yeah. I love it. Yeah, 
I I just posted it this morning. I posted like a little boomerang of my coffee and it said like something along the lines of like, I heard say if you do what you love, then you never work a day in your life. Yeah. And I really was feeling that way this morning. Well, it's like um, when I was when I was younger, I used to I used to take like fine arts classes. I wanted to be an illustrator when I was younger. Really? Like I was always fascinated by art. Yeah. Um, it used to get me in trouble as a kid, too, because <laughs> me and my brother would. Um, this is going to end up on the podcast, but I want to uh, be real. You know, um, yeah, yeah. like from the age of eight, me and Alex took up illustration and we were fascinated with um, creating these intricate but violent drawings of like these Rube Goldbergs, just these different oh, yeah. ways of killing stick figures. Whoa. <laughs> As our skills progressed, it got more and more real. And um, we got in trouble from the school and um, we got hooked up with a therapist. Shout out to Ginger. Miss, miss you, Ginger. Ginger. I don't know where she went. <laughs> you think she's doing all right? Is that her first name? Uh, I hope so. Uh, I think yeah, Ginger is a very name. like uh, f- uh, informal therapist. Yeah, she, yeah, yo, she was tight. She yelled at the school administration um, that we were expressing ourselves because mm-hmm. you were. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, again, it's dude. It's, that shit would not fly now. Big yeah, time is, now. is what can bugs I, me. Can right. I can I throw some down? Yeah. Uh, my parents gave me a box of my old stuff like from forever ago, like seven, eight years old, right? Yeah. There's totally like draw like drawings <laughs> of like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Oh, that's with like a heart in I his see, hand. Yeah, I see what you're doing. Fatality. Uh, but yeah, All and the like way. but like it, that's what I was drawing yeah. at like seven or eight. I was drawing like that and like you know like people like throwing grenades and stuff. And then like yeah. every every single character I drew had like. Ten abs. Kevin's been dreaming about having abs his entire life. <laughs> I got there at a young age. Yes, in he the, did. In the rings of our sketchbooks <laughs> back then, we would have a pencil and a red pen. Mm-hmm. So mm, the just, red pen for blood. Oh yeah, yeah. always. There you always. go. Um, but uh, eventually, I think as as we got better, our artwork sort of. It did mature. It matured when I moved here because I was like probably 13. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we were taking fine arts classes in Albany and we were, were like drawing models and learning gestures and oh, yeah. working with different mediums and stuff. So around that age, that's what I thought I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and well, then I got medicated yeah. and then I got medicated for ADHD. And then I was like, oh, damn, this whole <laughs> visual, this this visual expression, this desire to create visually sort of took a backseat and uh-huh. then it was more of a, a desire to read and, yeah, and yeah, write. Yeah. At that point I was like, oh shit, I wanna be the next Cormac McCarthy. I wanna <laughs> I wanna be the next David Foster Wallace. I love that. It, minus minus the two thousand seven David Foster Wallace death, suicide, yeah. whatever you want to oh, call fuck, it. Yeah. But David Foster Wallace is my my idol big time. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was like the geek in high school that read Infinite Jest three times. Oh my gosh! Yeah, carrying wow. around that big ass book. I didn't. <laughs> I I read one book cover to cover in high school, and it was Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. That's a Me good too. one. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good one book, to get actually. through. I gave you my copy of it, didn't I? Uh, you gave I, me your copy. No, that was that was actually Chris. Um, oh. I'm sorry. What's Chris's last name? Uh, for down, down, no, 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 no. He, Hampton. Hampton. Yeah. Hampton gave me. He had this uh, 1951 
edition of The Great Gatsby. I still uh, have whoa. it. Oh, and then you got the quote on your arm. Yeah, dude. Wow, Chris. Yeah, then I got the then I got it here. Oh, actually, shout out, shout, out, shout out Chris Hampton. I have the book still right here. It sits very proudly on my uh, in my office. Wow. Good this shape. was this was in co- copyright. 1950 dropped it 1950 1950 yo that library book is way overdue look at (laughs) it's a guest check it's so overdue um (laughs) back when i worked in the restaurant industry shout out okay so um i in in my uh so when i'm putting together all the information for these coffees that we send out to people and I'm talking, there's usually two sections. It's about the producer and about the roaster. When I talk about the roaster, I usually give myself about 25 minutes or so to just freeform, just like my impression of them, what I know of them, and kind of what excites me about them. And then I can dig into, you know, I'll, I'll reach out to you or I'll have like, you know, Kevin go and ask him a few questions. We pull it all together into a thing. When I started talking and typing up and, and, and thinking about your operation for Knockabout, one of the one of the adjectives that I came up with was punk rock in, in a really in a really like in a really real way because um, you are you're operating Knockabout as you're building it, right? Like you're literally putting up drywall around the roaster. I'm building my kitchen right now. Yeah. You have this massive dream for this beautiful space out of an old barn that was owned by your family. Oh, it's not old. It's brand new. It's a brand new barn? Yeah, we built it like a year and a half ago. Shit, it's a brand new barn. concrete in it. Yeah, like like this was our intention. Interesting. From the the get-go. It's just like... Instead of it being a three to five year plan, it was more of like a one and a half to two year plan. You fast tracked the shit out of it. Yeah. Well, it made sense, you know, for us, especially. And, you know, it really worked out for us that we could um, get an inspection done and start producing at least the coffee end of it. Yeah. Um, You know, during this whole COVID thing, because people are more and more people are taking bags home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would imagine I'd like to get numbers on it, but just my my feel of 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 the space is that home brewing has increased a lot. Yeah, just look at the. I want to do subscriptions. I was gonna say, look at the number of coffee companies that are switching to subscription base and like you know online sales right now. I know. I'm in the process of building the website, and subscriptions are probably gonna come like a little bit later. That's a great idea. Do you want to talk about the coffee? Fuck yeah. Yeah, you want to talk about the coffee, coffee really bad. I've been trying should, to. Should we pause here quickly and go make more coffee? Let's go make Let's more do coffee. That. All right, we'll be right back after this short break. Why? Who are you saying we'll sponsor. be right back to? The, do, do, <laughs> you can edit this. Do, 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 you're always do. like, we can edit this, and then you're like, we'll be right back. Do, do, because now I'm going to put an it. ad in here. Oh. No, I won't put an ad for the people. Here's what I'm thinking. We've been having great conversation. Let's talk about this roast, baby. That's okay. what I'm saying. Sweet. I know. That's what you're getting. We've to. already I had. Just I, to. I've already had two cups of it. My yeah. cup is already gone. My I've been cup saving it. Overflow. If it overflowed into <laughs> Kieran's cup, it did, which is very nice of you. So Nick, I mean, w- when we first started talking about what coffee we were going to do for this highlight roast, you had some ideas. Like, what was going through your mind? 
Um, I just wanted to pick a coffee that would start a conversation. Um, Love it. So I wanted to sort of address some some stuff about gender inequality that I've been reading um, from the producer side of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have some statistics that I can pull up. I feel like Jamie from uh, the Joe Rogan experience. Jamie, pull that up. So put more work in for myself. I guess what I've seen is, um, you know, there's there's a huge disparity of the resources that are provided for female farmers, female landowners in a lot of the countries that we source coffee from. Mm-hmm. It's not just Africa. It could be in Central America. It could be in Honduras where yeah. we source this coffee yeah. from. Um, I don't know the specifics of Honduras, but I, I know Guatemala is particularly difficult. Um, for women in the industry, um, just based off of government subsidization that's provided. It's mostly provided to males. Okay. Um, but, you know, we were talking about Rwanda as sort of a case study. Like, a lot of the men uh, in the uh, 80s, I believe. I mean, there were 1994. 90s, the, okay. The, reason, the only reason I know that is because we literally were talking about this. <clears throat> excuse me. We were literally just talking about this on our podcast with Sarah Allen from Barista Mag. Like, yeah. in 1994, there was a mass genocide of um, Rwandan soldiers in um, the, the Tutsi. The and Hutu the and the Tutsis? Yeah. Yeah. And she literally said... Most of the men in Rwanda died. Millions. Like the fact, it's so crazy. I won't repeat myself, uh, but the the usually in most wars you say like, yeah, like millions of people died. It was terrible. But when you're able to quantify it by saying most most of the men died, yeah, it's amazing. So I'm sorry. Please continue. For real. That. Um. So naturally, just resources. Um. If if women have to fill that gap, mm-hmm. um those resources should be provided inherently thousand percent um and it only makes sense you know like uh i guess the market the future is just so uncertain i think even you know not even just using rwanda as a as a case study um but like having those assets provided inherently should be at the top of the list you know what i mean because right if those were already in place, if if those, I guess, systemic things were already in place when these genocides happened, when this um, when this yield fails, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, uh, when I guess in the studies that I've seen, um, when women and men are at equal participation from. Uh, plant care, harvesting, processing, and selling, transporting, marketing, and selling, yield goes up 30 to 50%. Why do you think that is? Um, honestly, I just think th- there's so much work. Like, And I think there's just a bias to begin with against, um, against females in totally, some of yeah. these countries. So you think it's just the fact it's that just more the, people are involved in it? Yeah, I think it's just the principle of exclusion that makes that leap so significant. Like, um, and including including more people in the workforce makes a lot more sense, doesn't it's more not? manpower. Yeah. Human power, um, man and woman, right? What you see um, 
in most cases is it's the females that are caring for the plants, the females that are participating in harvesting and processing. Um, and then it's the, the men that are transporting and doing the marketing. Oh. So it's, I always thought it was, I always imagined that men would be doing more of the hard labor, you know, I feel and, like, and maybe that's just from like a, a white person being yeah. fed a history book, but right. Um, well, I mean, here's the, here's the study that I'm reading right now. Oh yeah. And please um, send that to me so I can, I will. It. Okay. So it's actually, it's actually 30%. Um, when, uh, so numerous studies reveal the missed opportunities because of gender inequalities, uh, to maximize productivity and improve quality in the agriculture. Mm-hmm. So um, if women had the same access to agricultural inputs like financial services, um, they could increase the yields by 30%. Um, this study was was pulled from Guatemala. So like a mm. lot of their data is coming from Ghana and Guatemala, and it shows that when women have equal resources, their produ- their productivity obviously matches that of men. Right. It's like once you test these, once once you test these biases, you you can see that they're just hokum. Yeah, I mean, I've and it's having it's weighing down this industry. So that's why I chose this coffee to sort of like start that conversation and kind of treat this like an art project. You know, like. I mean, some people create art just for the sake of creating art, right. but like other people will do it with uh, sort of a commentary in mind. And you know, we, uh, the three of us, put a lot of put a lot of love into. This we project. did. I would say, you know, not that we have a whole lot to compare it to. This is only the third highlight roast that we've ever done. Right. Um. And I always feel like anxious. I I, I have this kind of like this feeling of um. Like I like I'm rushing to get somewhere that I want to be, and I forget that this is only the third thing we've ever done. This is only the right. third time we've done this, and and this is new for me too. Right, I think it's new for everybody. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I'm not. I I don't claim to be the first to do anything like this, but it certainly isn't widely widely done, and we're we're doing it for good reasons. Yeah. Um. So yeah, to your point, we put a lot of effort into this one. We had the label um, designed by Jess, Jess Turco, yeah, um, and she did a fantastic job. I love her vibes. Thanks to Kevin for introducing her to us. Yeah, for real. Anytime. Yo, you had such a good read on me because I told Kevin like I, I want to work with somebody that draws that that draws psychedelic, like very outlandish fun artwork and it fits your brand really well too. it fits me as a person and i'm i'm the only person running running knockabout i was honestly surprised you guys hadn't met yet yeah right yeah like i was honestly surprised you hadn't met yeah like as i i was throwing it out there just like a i'm pretty sure this is your vibe yeah totally i have people that work for me that knew who jess was because they have her prints. Weird. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They so. probably assumed you knew her too. They're yeah. Like, well, you know, Nick must know her. You know. For real. I mean, Nick's it's definitely, trippy. it's de- yeah, exactly. It's definitely my style. Yeah. And um, I don't know, because it's just me and like, um, 
<clears throat> you know, I didn't seek any outside investment. This can be whatever I want. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, like we were just talking about outside when we were sipping on this coffee. Um, it's like an art project that's never finished because I've seen, like, I just changed my packaging, you know. Yeah, uh, recently. Yeah, recently. And that's been huge for me because not only have I, am I getting better at, like, uh, cost analysis and, and everything and managing my time when it comes to production. But like, um, that was a big deal for me because it it shows how, I guess, how flexible a brand actually is. When you're just starting out, you have total freedom. And when it's just you, you have total freedom to just do whatever. And if Nomad didn't exist, like as a place for me to sell this coffee and like put it out there to people that are interested in taking stuff home, Mm -hmm. then, um, you know, I just wouldn't be doing it. yeah that's a good point it's it's cool to have uh a place that i go to every single day with people that i may or may not see every day and just have uh that extra morsel of information to talk about you know um sharing the stories behind those coffees why i pick them um maybe why one process tastes different than another process yeah people are going crazy for that ethiopian at the shop the natural oh mm-hmm. yeah the one that tastes like strawberries that we cut the other day so good yeah, yeah. Really um good. that's like the fastest selling coffee we've ever had um this whole covid thing has just really sh- sent us like in a huge spike upward in terms of like our output that's fantastic. Yeah. That's really good. So it's, I was wondering because I mean, it's almost like kismet. I don't want to jinx it. You know, knock on wood. Yeah, I don't know if that's that's probably not real wood. <laughs> well, whatever. It's the same sentiment as the glass table. This is real you wood. I made this. Side. I made this out of pine, dude. Hit that. Or maybe that's walnut. Anyway, no, walnut's expensive. That sounds like real wood. That didn't sound like yeah, real wood. That's, that's probably poly or whatever. But anyway, what what, yeah. what what was I trying not to jinx? Uh, your sales are really good because of oh, COVID. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, knockabout sales are really good. I think people are still scared to to go out and like sit down at a restaurant somewhere. I personally could not wait to oh, like, yeah. have that experience again and to mm. provide that experience for other people. Agreed. We miss sitting close together. I miss yeah. giving hugs. I've been saying that for months, man. But miss hugs. I miss, you know... Not even that, just shaking hands. Yeah, even... Mm-hmm. It's... Dude, all right, I... This is, we got we got to we got to pull ourselves into some sort of an endpoint at some point. But one one last aside, I I noticed in um in different types of media that I consume, mm-hmm. if if any of them are dated by six months or more, you see people like like TV series or whatever. You see people like shaking hands or whatever or like or hugging. Yeah, it's so foreign. And you cringe. You're like, yeah. whoa. What, do they know that they can't? Oh, that's right. Yeah, we live real. in a fucking weird. Or you see moment. people when this first started. I I was watching uh, like Kitchen Nightmares. People eating in a restaurant, like yeah, it just looked so weird. Yeah, dude, those people two are months die. deep, They're two months deep into this COVID thing, man. Yeah, we're totally. Yeah, right. We've already adapted. We're already different. We're we're everybody's giving well, each other elbows yeah, and, and touching like, feet and shit. It completely um, it reillustrated like norms. Like yeah. in a in in a bad way. Well, not necessarily a bad way. I mean, people are thinking a little bit more critically about what it is they choose to do and where. But like, which uh, is a silver probably lining, a good I would thing. Imagine. Yeah. yeah, but it's gonna change like social structures and cues when this is over. It already has. Yeah, it really already has. 
Let I I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. Oh, go no, go ahead. Let's talk about the cup. Yeah, I got ADD, so you got to keep me on track. All three of us do to some degree, yeah. And we could talk about whatever forever, yeah, you know. Legit. So, um, I want to. I think we got a good. We we got a little bit of your background. We got a little bit of what's going on with Nomad and Knockabout now, and we started to. We touched on why this coffee from from like an outreach perspective or mm-hmm. like a story of the coffee perspective. But what about how the coffee tastes itself? We've got some tasting notes that came from Royal, the exporter or right. the importer. Yeah. Um, what were your interpretations of it? Obviously, taste is um, completely biased. It's completely right. based on experience. Um, what did you get out of it? What were you really stoked about um, with this coffee? I love the balance, honestly. Um, it's super full-bodied um, with a with a really nice honey sweetness and mm. a really wet, juicy finish. Like, uh, it's, I don't want to say juice. I don't want to say the word juice. But this is definitely, definitely, a, a ju- definitely a juicy landmine for sure. That <laughs> Wait, a fruity landmine for sure. That shit sneaks sure, up dude. on you. That, that juiciness just yeah, comes I, out of nowhere and hits you over the head with a club. It's so good. If I had to pick one phrase for this coffee, I'd have to use the phrase j- You know, oh, You got to say it. You got I mean, to. It's, it's necessary. That's the quintessential would, descriptor. I, yeah, but how you so, said that I used that word as so, a description. Y- you yeah. didn't, yeah. So with um, this coffee, what is the way that you recommend drinking? Kevin's laying on the ground. Well, I mean, just as just as we cupped it, we we let it cool to room temperature. Yep. Um, which a what lot you, of people might not want to do. Right. Explain to someone who maybe hasn't done that with coffee before wh- what that did for us. Well, I what feel benefits like that presented. Uh, in a cupping setting, I feel like when you drink something hot or you're tasting something hot, you're really only getting a cross section of completely true. Yeah, coffee. True. Um, you're really. Uh, I think when you drink this coffee hot, it's really hard. It's easy for the acids to get canceled out by that heat. So Big it's time. like you're only getting the body. You know what I mean? You don't have to. You don't necessarily have to let it cool to t- room temp, but let it cool for a little bit and see how the coffee changes yeah. with the temperature. Not only that, actively sipping a coffee as it yeah. cools. Swish it around. Bring out the red. Yeah, swish it around. Pull some air over it. That's why we slurp. We mm-hmm. cool it while we're slurping. Like Matt talks about the slurp a lot. And I think the more that we get into cupping and you're doing your own cupping, and obviously like we have opportunities to do that in the coffee world. Right. Some people who are getting this bag of coffee, this might even be the first bag of coffee that they've ever gotten from Upstate Coffee Collective yeah. and Knockabout Roasters. Yeah. You know, so for them, like to hear this and to hear you explain, like, hey, you know, get the entire flavor profile by allowing the coffee to cool as you're drinking it. So many people have this impression of coffee that they have to drink it hot you yeah. know and for for you to explain as like confidently as the roaster hey it's okay to let it cool a little bit give it time give it time yep enjoy everything that this coffee has to offer yeah. i would you would you recommend maybe doing this with like a flash cold brew i mean ice pour over if you choose i, I think people should experiment with coffee and, and yeah sort of i i always describe it as like um I always describe it as sort of like therapy. You kind of get to know 
a coffee. You get to know their idiosyncrasies and by spending a lot of their time nuances with it, by spending time with ways. it by roasting it especially. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, roasting is is super critical for me and I'll get back I'll get back to that in a second and right. how it sort of changed my rationale of quality. But um yeah, like getting to know a coffee and getting close with it and learning about how it should be treated. Mm-hmm. Uh, what like maybe mm-hmm. what water temp you should use? Right, right. You know, or what particle size you should use? How long should you extract this for in this dripper versus this other one? Well, they're all different you know? views of yeah. the coffee. They're different viewpoints. It's almost yeah. like if you see someone's profile, you know, you've got a good side view of that person, right. but you don't know what their smile looks like head on. You know, totally. Yeah, and same thing for coffee. Like you know, if if you only experience it super hot or at whatever temperature right. your pot's putting it out at into your cup, then you're only going to experience that one portion of that coffee. Yeah. And for you as the roaster, you're cupping at different temperatures all the time. And I I assume while you're cupping these, you're slurping, you're having a little bit, and then you're coming back to it. Yeah. And every time you come back to it, you're kind of reassessing the flavor yeah. profile. When I'm doing. Um, like post roast analysis and cupping, I give myself time. Like um, usually it's something done side by side. If I'm cupping, I'm looking at the curve and I'm seeing, I'm trying to sort of analyze what maybe went right, what maybe went wrong and sort of edit my notes, go back through them. Um, But when I'm cupping and I'm trying to assign a score to a coffee, I just I take my time with it. Yeah. Well, and that's not something that you that you want to rush. No, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to find those defects so that you don't have them in the finished product. Right. The point of cupping for you is to optimize the coffee to the point where you're sending it out to people and you're like, this is the best it's going to get. Right. You don't want to take too long and you don't want to take too little time because the thing, or I'll circle back to the roasting thing. The thing that roasting's done for me is it's changed my idea of what is good enough. Um, mm, okay. It's talk about that. Well, now that I have more control over what we serve, I want to see how far I can take it. And yeah, you know, when I was working with Irving Farm, uh, I love Irving Farm, but um, the thing that I think was missing for me was. That control. I'm a Leo, so it's like <laughs> I'm always seeking it. It's never enough. Right. But um, also, mm, makes sense. Just the security of knowing, like, who done it. Who he, done it? You know, that. and also just you done it. Having that l- greater level of involvement with something that is, you know, my mm. livelihood. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. uh, and back to the Leo thing, right? Like you, you want to be able to make sure that um i want people to be happy and impressed and and it's really one of the hardest things for an entrepreneur to do is to take the responsibilities something that they've kind of dialed in that they do really well mm-hmm. document it and turn it over to somebody else to keep doing so they can move on to the next thing yeah that's something that i'm struggling with even I'm with struggling something as with simple it. as like editing this podcast right. or or whatever even something as simple as um ordering the cards that yeah. somebody, the, the, whoever's listening to this right now, probably scanned that nice QR code to get to this place where we're not talking about coffee. Yeah, right here, right now, right here, right <laughs> now. I'm telling you, dude. Like, it sounds really simple to yeah. just go on Vistaprint, but there's a couple of minutia that totally changes how the finished product looks. Yeah, yep. And I do not want somebody to fuck that up. 
Yeah. It's hard well, for me to turn My it mom over. always said, um, and I sort of live by this aphorism, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. But mm. there's no way for me, you know, even at this point, like when both businesses, even though Nomad's two years old, I still feel like it's like a baby. And oh, knock about, knock about. It's a baby. It's only two years old. Yeah. yeah. Knock about a zygote, basically. It's totally. Yeah. It's still There's developing. so much potential growth. For, oh, for totally. both the cafe and the roastery. Yeah, and we got the kitchen that yeah. we're building and that that's next. Like I can't that's wait what for we're that. working on right now. I want to do pop ups with other chefs and yeah. stuff like that. And I want to have a space to cook too. Oh, yeah, you're is. you're yeah. an avid chef yourself. You love to cook. Well, yeah, coffee on. got me into flavor. Right. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be interested in flavor if it wasn't for coffee. Mm. Interesting. Sometimes it's cooks that fall in love with specialty beverages and things like that, whether it's like whiskey or wine or coffee. No, but not you for went me. the other way. Well, I I thought more about I guess what goes across my palate. Big I time. I started thinking yeah. about that a lot more and um, being present with what it is that I'm tasting. It becomes almost like a form of like uh, just being present mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. enjoying, taking time to enjoy something. Yeah. And one of the things I love about cooking um, is the the aromas. Mm. Uh, I love cooking Indian food for that very oh, reason. Yeah. There's so much complexity going on and it's mm. good for you. It's love healing food. food. I wanted to, I've always wanted to make my own curry. My own curry paste. Yeah. Like for the base of mm. a curry. I wish we had mm. curry. I I can't find curry leaves around here. I I haven't even looked. I think <laughs> I know a spot in Albany. I'll hook me up. Yeah. I'll <laughs> Kev's got a I'll spot. I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> He's well, got a plug. You know, it's it's cool. Uh, your, you know, your hands-on approach to everything kind of rings out in your coffee. Like, you know, even with your space at Nomad, like you were talking about, you know, you spent a summer. Yeah. Like, like taking care of the floor yeah, well, I, don't have, space, I don't have the resources to pay somebody to do it yeah but that's cool though yeah. because you have that hands-on and i'm mentality. learning yeah and I'm then learning. you're doing the same thing now with roasting like you're just you got into it you yeah. know and and you're really you're attacking it and it's cool to see that in people because a lot of people like we've talked about before all three of us they'll have that trepidation and they'll have that moment and they'll get hung up on that and like you were saying you know, when when you're tasting something, it's all about that moment. Yeah, it's not about trepidation. It's not about anything else. It's about literally being there, trying to instill that flavor as a wonderful piece of memory. Right, and it's not as powerful if you can't share that with other people. Exactly. Yes, so food, like food is all about community. Yeah, it is. Um, what is your favorite way to brew this coffee? I don't know how many times you, how many ways you've tried already. I know this. Well, we is tried new. it. We tried it one day off roast as espresso. Oh, I did. think this thing's gonna be great on espresso. I haven't tried it since we cupped it. It was but crazy. You, we were jumping around. Remember how excited we were? Yeah. Do you think that? Uh, well, we also had, had a lot of coffee Chemex before brews. we even did that. Um, Chemex, yeah, it tastes really good. Yeah, that was yeah. These Chemex brews were solid. They definitely brought out um, the texture that honey processed coffee has. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think when you're pulling it on espresso, it's going to bring out like that tart cherry note oh, that totally. you get? Yeah, for sure, um, for sure. It still had such a heavy citrus uh, oh, yeah. on the espresso. It was still a juice, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, such a. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I would probably. I mean, if if we do have any espresso people at home, I would probably do like a one to two point two ratio. One to uh, two point yeah. two ratio for espresso. Yeah, I think that's for us. W- what I would do is like twenty in, 
42 and a half out. Okay. Really? Yeah. That's a that's, that's cool. a big yeah, shot. That's a, that's a pull. Sh- that's a big pull. Yeah. For something juicy and tart though, I I think you want to pull longer. I I yeah, a, see I haven't benchmarked this yet, but Yeah, yeah. I think it would be really good. I've tried it with natural natural coffees in the past. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> 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 love it. Yeah. Well, and normally people are pulling. Normally people are going twenty in, like thirty to thirty-four. Yeah, out. I used to do like thirty-six, twenty in, yeah. thirty-six that's, out. But that, that yeah. ends up, especially for something like this, it would be a very like syrupy shot. It's like really. Tart, yeah, I think right? it would be all. I think it would, it would be, be too a bottom so heavy though. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would attack the palate. Yeah, it would be, be a little too punchy. It would You'd overstay its flavors. welcome. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> So, ha- have you done this uh, in how many ways have you done this coffee, tasted it for yourself so far? Um, this hundred. I did a fellow XF dripper. Fellows are my favorite. I'm having a, lot, a really hard time getting filters throughout this whole COVID thing, though. Yeah, they're uh, still sold out, I saw. Yeah. They're still sold out? I think so. Oh, yeah. It's because uh, a lot of up. the fabric got taken to make toilet paper. God oh, damn I'm you. kidding. I'm kidding. Damn I don't know that for Karen's. sure. <laughs> that's just but not that's, right. That's, that, so that's a reasonable hypothesis. Yeah. <laughs> like I honestly, after only, I said that, I was like, maybe. I love fellow, but their design, yeah, right. their design, I mean, those filters are so narrow, you cannot find any other filter. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can't use like a Kalita True. filter or something. No, good yeah, luck. It's too tall and it's too steep. Yeah. Yeah. They probably... I, I shouldn't best assume. strippers around though. I swear I, to God. No. Those fellow FX. Huh? The fellow XF, the uh, tall XF, one. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So you like that better than the fellow X? Have you have I, you I haven't used them the or? short one. Yeah, I was I was curious which one I should get. You think the XF? If but Yeah. Just because it's I've I only have experience with that. You um, think even people brewing at home, like if they were looking to get a new dripper, like that's what they should do? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The Comes, X is like smaller quantities, so I yeah. think it's good for uh, like single single cups. And I think it. The, I I heard somebody say that it actually could bring out more delicate flavors because you're using a smaller quantity of coffee. But I don't know for but sure. Also, it just makes more sense for the walls of a dripper to be straight, don't you think? Yes, true. Like it's just the natural vector that this water is taking. Right. Yes. Why Why slope it? Why have why well, I, I love Kalita? That's a really good question. Actually. I, I love the Kalita wave, but why do they have to have those ripples? Where uh, like those horizontal ripples along the side, whereas the V60 has the uh, the swirl, the swirl curvature on the inside. I think both of those, mm. like while they are sort of traditional at this point in specialty coffee, I think it's just too ostentatious for what is actually going on inside the coffee bed. I think it's I think it's a little too much. Yeah. You know, you just have to follow the the natural course. It's going to take the path of least resistance. Why is it why does it have to go down the walls of a metal tripper? Right. It's yeah. going to lose heat. Yeah. So we I forget where I was going. Oh, the only last the last comment I was going to make was we we seem to be in agreement that this is a great coffee for filter coffee for pour overs um now kevin i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to defer to you to uh brew this on french press and report back to us oh deal yeah for sure 
Oh, that's going to be I so love, good. Yeah, I love messing around with that French press. Especially after I, I copied Chris Baca's recipe for French press. Yeah. Oh, where he uh, like breaks the crust and shit? Yeah. I'm interested. I haven't tried that. It's that's really crazy. good. Honestly, it's a big game changer because you're getting rid of a lot of substance that can like sometimes back up in the filter or yeah, end up in the cup. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's really cool. And it most sense, people not do that? Most people don't do it. Most people are like, like, dude... I they used just to drink, set it and forget I, it. Dude, I used oh, to yeah. drink French press and yeah. think I was the fanciest motherfucker in the world. And I was not. I was literally just putting coffee in a French press and then just like yeah. plunging it. Like actually learning a process to that. Like, and that's like you said, it's like an art project that you never finish because you're always learning a new way to tweak it. Yeah, you're always you're refining a new brush brush to use. Or like you you know, it's it's a different year, so another varietal's yeah. out, and all of a sudden your your paint colors have changed. Your entire palette has changed. And it's time to like use the same brushes from last year and all the equipment that you had, but to experience a completely different hue. Um, okay. Let's wrap this up. Final impressions. Uh, it, quick, quick summary. Wh what do you think of this coffee? What do you think that people are going to enjoy the most about it? Matt, go. I think um, the balance is a huge uh, is a huge pro to me. I think this coffee is super drinkable. Um, my palate doesn't get tired after it. Like it, I don't, I don't. It doesn't finish off dry. Right. Um, it doesn't linger too heavily on the palate, so it's it's crisp. It's a great coffee for the summer, and I think I don't know this for sure because I haven't done it yet. But my my gut tells me that this would be a really good ice pour over. Yeah, totally. Well, I, I mean, anything that's a was going to be an ice pour over. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a great ice pour over. Um, I I don't think it would be a great cold brew if you're looking for that tangerine. Agreed. Oh yeah, you're definitely. not gonna get yeah. it. No, okay. you're not gonna get it. No. <laughs> Those acids just won't extract at room temp. Nick, what do you think about this coffee? What do you think people are going to enjoy the most about it? Um, well, I'm really happy with how that finish turned out. It's yeah. not, like Matt said, it's, it's not, not too dry. It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's got a really good body, and it, it stays on the palate. It doesn't overstay its welcome, and it's, it's balanced with that sort of tangerine, almost cherry. Mm-hmm juiciness mm -hmm. mm. oh yeah definitely the, that cherry <laughs> note really came out um i honestly dude i think the thing that people are going to enjoy the most about this coffee is um honey processed coffee has we we're talking about body we're talking about texture we're talking about how it lingers a little bit but not too much that's the in my mind that level of slight maltiness the texture that comes along with it the unique body of honey processed coffee is what makes it's it complete. special yeah. yeah and that's what really like it's my it's one of my absolute favorite i mean lacto fermentation i'm huge on it yeah but i love honey processed coffee that was yeah. the first coffee ever i think ever ever where like after starting working in coffee that i was like oh my god this changed my perspective yeah, again for real. you know i think this coffee changed my perspective of honey processed coffees awesome that's it's great just, such uh, i mean the texture is fantastic and yeah. the last time i roasted a honey process was maybe like a year ago when i got started mm. like when i was getting started mm. i was just getting my bearings and you know um I, I, over Do time you think maybe I your skills have gotten better and like oh no that doubt definitely that was, yeah well yeah that was when i was roasting blind too so like mm. uh the machine i was working on at wired the probes were so thick Ugh. i had no idea what the actual temperature of the machine was it could have been like 210 c and the 
the actual probe on the stock probe on the machine would say something like 98. Yeah, oh, so like so my God. I I had no idea what was going on inside yeah. the drum. I had I had no Damn. idea what tipping was. I had no idea what a uh, like how to prevent roast defects like tipping. Um and you know, as an un- inexperienced roaster, stuff like that just sort of like you're like, uh, it's nothing. It's yeah. It's just it's just the it's color nothing. of the coffee. It's just the color of the coffee. Yeah. You know, doing its thing in the roaster. Right. Yep. Changing color. Yeah, Nick. I just have to say, man, out of uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for bringing this fruit landmine into my life. Yo, yeah. my pleasure. And thank you for coming on the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. Yo, not to give too much away, but we got some other stuff coming. Yeah! Just so you know. That's exciting. Oh, shit. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, now I do. Yeah. yeah. Yep. New stuff in the work. Projects. Yeah. Project. Projects are coming, so keep Dude. your eyes out. All right, boys. All right, this has been fun. Yeah. Uh, Take us out, Matt. <laughs>